Well, this series is, is it's to help Christians understand what their Buddhist or Sikh or Hindu or Jehovah's Witness neighbours believe. And there's a double side to it too because it also helps us understand what we believe. Every cult has a process of human effort that's required either to get salvation or to maintain salvation. The bad news is we're lost and we cannot do anything to save ourselves and that's the difference between Christianity and a cult. So what is the great news? The great news is that we can find in Christ eternal life immediately. What you're trying to achieve in a lifetime, like every other cult or religion, never know if you've ever done enough. Christ has all done it for you. Welcome to Great News with Lou Meyer from LifeQuest Resources. Lou, we've been through several cults, uh, pseudo-cults, different religions. Um, and we come back to, th- there are some similarities in almost all of them, which is, one of which is, is I have to do something to earn my salvation. That seems to be, a, whether it's a, a religion or a cult. Yeah, every religion, every cult, they all have a works-based that you've got to either to earn your salvation or to maintain your salvation, you have to perform. Yeah. It's performance orientated. And of course, you can never say I'm saved. You can never have the joy, the full joy of the Lord, because you never know if you've done enough. So you're always living in uncertainty and, and guilt. Yeah. yeah, I think Paul says. I think it's in Romans um, when he talks about. He's actually talking about the Jews that that wouldn't believe in Yeshua as their Messiah, and it says they have a, a fervor for the gospel, but without knowledge. Mm, and I think a zeal, but without knowledge. And I think this is the case in a lot of. Uh, particularly in the in the Christian cults, if we can use that word, is that they have a zeal for holiness, a zeal for God, but they don't actually have a proper knowledge. Mm. I think they have a zeal for salvation, and sometimes it's based on fear. And certainly, some do have a. They love God, or they love. Uh, they think they love God. Yeah. You know, they're, they're trying to love God, and they're trying to obey God, and um, in their understanding. But they've given a. Ro- been given either a wrong understanding of God or a wrong understanding of what God requires. And so and, and so they need to come back to the Christian gospel, to the fundamentals of who God is and how we come to God on his terms mm. and not on their terms or the cult's terms. Yeah. There seems to be also a, um, we don't want to talk about a literal hell. People like Rob Bell, When we started off reasonably well, but then it's like, oh well, I don't want to believe in a literal hell. So he's he's gone way, way, way off. Yes, that's right. And and you know, the reality is that most of us deep down don't want to. We don't want to believe in a literal hell either. Well, we certainly don't want to go there. Well, we don't want to go there. But also, we have loved ones that have died without Christ, and uh, and to imagine that they are in hell. Suffering forever. So, um, but the reality is that Jesus explained using the same terms that hell was eternal, this is heaven is eternal. Yeah. And so from a biblical, and of course Jesus talked a lot about hell, probably more than he talked about heaven, uh, but but at least as, as much as, yeah. as far as I can see. So for him it was a reality and it was a reality that he had to communicate. I think we need to recognise that that um, 
the picture of hell as being people dumped in a big lake of flames and screaming in pain, it's a very powerful picture and it's one that's been used in the history of the church. You know, and, and you know, I, I came to Christ because I didn't want to go to hell. Yep. I used to look in the fireplace, well, it was one of the main reasons, and I look in the fireplace and I think, oh, flip, I don't want to go there, so I better get saved. Yep. And I can't think of many better reasons to get saved. And so, um, but you know, Jesus taught that hell, hell was a... Um, Hell was created for Satan and his angels. So think about it. If you had a a flame here and you set an angel on it, it wouldn't hurt him at all. So we're talking about a reality here that isn't, you know, we're using earthly imagery as we do for heaven to understand something that is not of this earth. Mm. But we do need also to acknowledge that hell is, uh, you know, there's no exit and, and, and that it's a place where you need to avoid at all costs. And the way to avoid it, of course, is to receive Christ. Yeah. Yeah, so many, many cults have this concept, either a different concept of what happens after life and religions. Uh, Islam strongly teaches hell. And it's mentioned a lot in the Quran. Because it's mentioned a lot in the Bible as well. Yeah. Coming to someone, I mean, this, the, the reason for these books, these booklets, is so that we can understand what other people believe and we can present the Jesus that we follow to them. Yes. Uh, smacking somebody hard in the face and saying what you believe is wrong is never going to work, is it? Well, it's not the best, it's not the ideal approach. Let's put it that way. I mean, some people get saved by some very dodgy evangelism methods, you know, that we wouldn't <laughs> recommend. Maybe they need the hammer treatment. But that's not the best best way to go about it. These books are basically coming alongside, uh, explain what the cult or religion believes in, in their history. You know, the Catholic one's got a sort of a, it's Roman Catholic one's got in the middle, it's got a history of their beliefs and where the new beliefs came in. Yeah. And I've had I, some Catholic guys said, I've been a Catholic for 30 years and I didn't know about yeah. all that stuff. They assumed it was always there from the beginning. Yeah. So... Um, but no, when it comes to sharing the gospel with with people, we share by love and we share by word, you know, and uh, and we share by his story and our story, our testimony, and knowing the gospel. So the best best thing to do is is come in alongside, and we put put our arm around them, not literally, yeah. probably, certainly, you know, not from some cultures you wouldn't do that, but we come in alongside and we show them the love. And we share our food and we eat their food and we build community with them. And then once they've got to the stage they can trust us, um, then we, then we, uh, and, and, and in that, sorry, we affirm what's good in their religion. So we're not just being totally judgmental yeah. and saying everything you believe is rubbish. So we're affirming what's good in their religion. And then once we've achieved that, we've developed hopefully that relationship. And now, now let me talk about some things I don't understand how you get to this. Yeah. And then it's along, instead of confrontational, me against you, it's yeah. alongside let's look at this together and continue to pray because they are spiritually deceived. Pray that the Lord will open their eyes, that Satan's influence will be banished. Share with them and be patient and take your time, and uh, but get get back to the Word of God. And you people have been JWs, I believe, have been led to the Lord through the their corrupt version. 
that they uh, called the the New World translation. New of the World whole translation. Bible. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they claimed originally that that was a, a translation committee, but now we know who was on it. Only one of them was a knowledgeable amateur in Bible languages. The others were clueless. Yeah. So they actually deceived their people. It's almost like Facebook theology nowadays, isn't it? They yeah. deceived their yeah. people by telling them that this was a translation. Yeah. It's a corruption. But anyway, they haven't corrupted at all. So you can actually lead people to Christ using mm. their Bible. The Mormons will respect the King James Version of the Bible, but not modern versions. But then they will still say as correctly translated. So if we show them in the Bible something that disagrees, disagrees with the Book of Mormon, they'll say, well, you're not. Translating. Yeah, translated it correctly. And yeah. by the way, the um, the the Roman Catholic um, a teaching body, teaching authority called the Magisterium, maintains the right to determine what the true interpretation is. So if we show something to them in the Bible um, that is actually disagrees with Catholic dogma, they have the right to overrule that translation right. and say this is the truth. And we don't acknowledge yeah. or respect that, but for the Catholic, that's important. So, um, but the, it's the Word of God that the Spirit of God can use to change the well, That's one of the key things is, is I need to know the Word of God. I need to know what I believe. I need to know my faith Absolutely. So, so b- before I can share it with others. Peter says, always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that you have within you. Um, and I've found the best way to give an answer is for somebody to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. So instead of coming hard on at somebody from a different religion, it's, I, I think time and prayer and saying, Lord, get them to ask me a question that I can answer. Mm. And then to me, the thing is to, to give the answer, but don't give an answer to a question they didn't ask. Mm. Right? So if they ask you a question, yeah. well, what, 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 you know, what, what do you believe? Do you believe Jesus rose physically from the dead? Well, yes, I do because of this. Then talk about the cricket, or, or you know. So you're scratching where they're itching. You're not yeah. assuming that they've got an area of need where they may not have, and that and that's wise and that's good. And the other thing is, you need to be really patient because you're talking about a major shift in their thinking. Yes. When they're coming from a cult, and you need to engage them in your community if they're leaving the other community, so that their emotional needs are met, and they can learn and grow. So this is not a overnight conversion process. This is about relationship. And it's helping them to understand the gospel. Now, in the gospel, people say, what's the gospel, you know, uh, that we're sinners? That's not the gospel. You don't understand the gospel until you've got the foundations first in place. The first foundation is that God exists and he's holy. Therefore, he has holy expectations of us as creation. He expects us not to do certain things and to do other things. And then, then we realise that in view of God's expectations on us, that we fall short, so we're sinners. We haven't done the things God wants us to do, and we've done things God forbids. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword. We're sinners from both counts. And that's the bad sport. The bad news is we're lost. Yep. And we cannot do anything to save ourselves, and that's the difference between Christianity and a cult. And then comes the gospel, which is the good news, and... And Corinthians, Paul tells us what that is. There's a rescue plan. Christ died for our sins, was buried and rose again. That's the rescue plan. That's the gospel. And then there's the call of the gospel. In view of that, Jesus is Lord and God. Submit your life to him. Trust him for forgiveness of sins. You'll be declared righteous forever. You'll be made a member of God's family. 
You'll be guaranteed your ticket to heaven and you can relax and enjoy the relationship with the Lord and with other believers. So, so you know, a lot of Christians have got a very flaky understanding of the gospel. Yeah, yeah. I so agree. we need to re-educate Christians in theology and what the gospel says. We have a we've in in my work as an evangelist. We have a a, a survey a series of questions. We ask people. We offer them a snack bar or a drink to do these questions. The last questions is if you, if you were to die tonight, would you be welcomed into heaven? And the answers are like I don't believe in heaven, or yes I would, or no I wouldn't. The last option is not sure, but would like to be sure. And um, you know a lot of. Most people put that, unbelievers, but Christians put that too. Yeah. I'm thinking, you know, you really need some theological instruction so you are confident in your salvation. And not not taking it lightly and thinking you can go out and sin. Mm. That would be a sign of probably not being saved. But uh, but if you're genuinely saved, you know, um, you need to know that. And God loves us too much. It's like I love my kids too much to not want them to feel they can come home, whatever happens. And God's a father. He's a better father than yeah. me and he, he wants the same. So, and, you know, when you've got that, you've got the joy of the Lord because your salvation, you're living out of thankfulness and you're going to have a much bigger smile on your face and people are going to notice, what have you got that I haven't got? That's a, that's a huge part. I mean, that's that's living the gospel so that they they go, what I want what you've got, yeah, yeah. right? And, and whether whether it's Hindus or Muslims or Catholics or Jehovah's Witnesses, they should look at us and go, "I want what you've got because I don't have what you've got." Lou, thank and, you for that. And giving a testimony is a powerful part yes. of sharing yeah. how you got what you they haven't yeah. got. Yep. So that's the great news series, a series of uh, eight booklets. And uh, they are available from LifeQuest Resources. You'll find the link in the description, uh, available individually or as a set. And if this is the only one of these uh, videos you've watched in the series, go back and watch the rest of them. Lou, thanks for your time. My pleasure. It's been great.